Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And today, we've got a very special episode for you guys. We're talking with solo reggae artist Vanna Leah about her awesome journey on music, which hasn't really been that long, which is kind of incredible because she's done a lot so far. Yeah, her, her journey, if I had to describe it as a movie, I would say has been action-packed in just an hour and a half's length of time, being a year and a half, but this is just my shitty movie summarization. But she honestly is an incredible person, an incredible artist, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear all about her story. It's a very unique one. Yes, and speaking of music that people are passionate about, we've got a band, it's called The Stash, we talk about it every episode, and we're still doing it, and we still love it. Still love it. So if you guys could go check it out, we'd be immensely grateful. We're on all the digital streaming platforms, or DSPs, as we call them in the biz. And uh, we've got social medias everywhere, at the Stash NY. so please follow us, find us, listen to us, and please love us. And do you know what else has their show on all DSPs, digital streaming platforms, has their show on all social medias, and is something that we also love, Andrew? Um what this podcast right here which you guys are listening to and we can't thank you enough for giving us your ears time and time and time and time and time and time again it really means the world to us so thank you so much for just tuning in to our show talking with andrew and chris every week we put out an episode feels amazing because we never know what to expect but you guys always give us such a warm welcome so truly from the bottom of our hearts thank you so much for that and here is show me by vanalia are back with another episode. Today, our guest is Vanna Leah, or Vanna, as she likes to be called. How you doing? Thank you for being a part of our show. We, we're so glad to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited. I've seen the podcast on Instagram from a few people, so I'm excited that you guys are having me. Yeah, you know, we actually were told on air by Gabo um, of Fayuka to, uh, to hit you up, so we took his advice. Oh, cool. Yeah, we, um, we did a tour together over the springtime, so um, we actually have a couple shows coming up right now as well. I think we have like maybe five or six dates coming up in October. Yeah, it, it, that episode came at a, a point in time where I wasn't like the most positive, but just like speaking to him. And I, I mean, I'm sure you know this, you know him. Yeah. J- just hearing like how overwhelmingly just he, he just seemed He's to be. Uplifting. 
Yes, exactly. And I needed that. And it, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, he threw your name a recommendation. We're excited to jump in and talk about all it is that you do under the umbrella, the artist's name of Vanalia. Why don't you just like sort of, let's just start off from the beginning because I, I know your music. I've, I'm, I'm a fan of the the modern reggae scene, the American reggae scene, whatever whatever you like to call it. But I'm not too familiar with you. You know, I've only heard your name now since about early 2018. So so why don't you take us back, sort of walk us through what first got you into music and, and sort of like take us through the journey to, to how you got to be with Law Records and where you are today, you know? For sure. So um, actually, when you're saying that you didn't really hear of me before like early 2018 is because like I didn't really start doing anything until like early 2018. So I'm a very, very new person in the game here, very much so in that earn your stripes phase. But, you know, I'm trying to put the work in to get the hustle going, you know. Um, so I, I think like in fifth grade, I had a friend named Lynette and she was new to the area and we were both new at this school because we were both like we just moved and um, she was like yeah I want to do choir and I was like I don't really want to do that but she was my friend and she needed somebody to go with her so I did choir like all throughout school with her and I never really thought I was going to pursue anything to do with music I ended up going to college for health sciences Um, I was going to like apply to their OT program and um, become an occupational therapist. So like become a musician was like the farthest thing like on my list. It was just um, when I was in college, I just like I I just got really stressed out with studying and, you know, you just need a break from things. So my mom bought me a ukulele and I was just kind of messing around with it. And then one day I just decided, hey, I'm going to just make some YouTube videos and stuff like that. And um, it wasn't really supposed to be like anything crazy. And the first one I made was a pepper cover. Um, They're like my absolute favorite band and they happened to see it. And we were just kind of talking behind the scenes and I would release these covers, but um, while I was in school Um, and we were talking about, you know, touring and stuff like that. But um, school had been such an uphill battle with me. Like I at least wanted to get my bachelor's and stuff. So they were cool with like waiting for me to graduate. So I was putting out videos in the meantime to just kind of get some traction going. And then we announced the um, the signing, which happened in April. Um, so it was pretty cool. <laughs> April of last year. So so they they just what they 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 hit up the the YouTube comments and were like, hey, uh, where where can we talk uh, a little more privately? And and suddenly you sort of just fell into to working with them. Like like how how did that process happen? My whole life is just like, I feel like I was in the right place at the right time. Like, I don't know, it's weird. But it was just like, I put up the cover on YouTube and Instagram. And it was like the first time I made like a big boy cover before I was like, just in the bathroom playing doing like the 15 second videos, no mic. And then I just decided to get a camera and a mic and kind of do it. So that was my first one I did. And I put it up on Instagram. And I had just messaged them because they reposted it on their page. And as a fan, I think it's like the coolest thing in the world that your favorite band like is sharing what you did. You know, I just think it's really cool. So I just reached out to them and I was like, hey, like, thank you for the love. Like, you know, I really appreciate it. You guys mean a lot to me. And Yasad, um, who's mainly the person who's involved with the label, he's the drummer from Pepper. Um, he mm-hmm. messaged me back and he was like, hey, like, do you write anything on your own? And I told him, like, I had written, like, a couple songs, but they were just, like, solo acoustic, like, nothing, like, seriously recorded. So I sent him those. And then um, he had this idea to link me and Greg from Cashed Out, which I know you guys also spoke with. Um, good dude, backed he... hard. Pardon? Oh, good dude, backed hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
he um we, i went down to florida and originally the deal was supposed to just be for a single they were just trying to see like how we were going to do so uh greg came up with this song called show me and then we made a version of it and we sent it to law and they loved it so then we end up getting a full deal so that was pretty cool as well <laughs> So so what, this is all a span of uh, two to three years now that you've just been creating music and sort of taking About it? About a year and a half, yeah. Wow. Wow. That, so I, I'm, that, that blows my mind. Um, a little bit about Andrew and I, I guess. I mean, if you've listened to a few episodes, you know, we're, we're in a band. We're in a band called The Stash, and I've been doing music since I was probably like 10. It's sort of all I, I ever really wanted to do. So it's so fascinating to me that, like, the thing that, you did to to get away from stress and and to sort of relax and escape well that that must now be creating a lot of stress being you know signed with the label trying to figure out this artist thing so brand new into it you know what what's that transition been like going from strictly an academic mindset to never really even thinking you'd be an artist one day to now you know touring having fans you know that must have been some 180 it's it's still honestly like a 180 because um, I come from a very traditional Caribbean household where, you know, you're supposed to become a doctor and my my siblings like they didn't follow that route. And I was like the closest thing my parents were getting to a doctor. <laughs> and um it was just, it, it just happened. And like my parents surprisingly were super supportive of it. They were just kind of like, you know, as long as you get your bachelor's, like, you know, we really don't mind. But it's so weird training your whole life to run one way where like, you know, you're just assuming you're going to work Monday through Friday and have the weekends off and things like that to not having a set schedule. That's something that's really like weird for me because like I've always been like valedictorian top student like make sure I have all my stuff done on time so to not have a schedule not have structure has been something that um, has been a little bit of a struggle with me and especially being so small I'm doing a lot of like the management and the booking and stuff like that Um, up until like a couple months ago I was doing everything on my own like booking the tours and it's um the only thing I'm going to say is that like it is hard, but if you want it, like you just do it because it's like it's really scary not knowing what you're doing. But I'd rather just jump into it and try to figure it out than just like never do it and wonder what if. No, 100 percent. Now, what year in college were you when you got approached by USAD? It was um, the last semester, like my right before I was about to graduate. So I was actually putting in um applications for graduate school when they hit me up and then I was like hey you know what I'm gonna hold off on grad school let's just see what happens yeah I mean I don't I don't blame you that that's it this is absolutely blowing my mind right now so for you (laughs) it's sort of like a win-win right because this hasn't been something that you've thought about for too long obviously you're good at it so why not give it a shot but but worst case I guess you have your your bachelor's I mean what what I'm just trying to understand like what this sensation is like because you know for me I've just been so set on just one thing my entire life that everything else was just a means to get there yeah I think it's um it definitely puts you in a state of gratitude for sure Mm -hmm. and I think um I don't know like I never thought that it was an option the thing is is that when I'm looking at the music business and I'm sure a lot of people look at it this way it's a very hard industry to break into so from I've always liked playing music on the side but I never envisioned myself being able to pursue it as a career just because I know how hard it is to for people to break into it so um, I don't know it just like it was just very surprising like when everything happened. (laughs) 
Yeah, that that is really something else. But but hey, you know, I think I think you're making the most of it. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about is something that I don't really see many people in your genre doing. A lot of the pop world does the sort of single approach over like every few months you put a song out. But we haven't gotten an album from you yet. Something more than just one one song at a time. So so what what has like been the approach for you guys and and what are like the next steps I guess going forward in this this very new project? So um, I do have a album coming out, which I'm excited about. I'm not really too sure about the time frame, but I've been working on it for a while. So um, the single approach, honestly, is just the best way to stay relevant and just kind of keep your name out there. And it was also like when I had gotten signed, usually when people get a record deal, they have the whole record written and we didn't really have anything written. So our best bet was just to kind of put single after single out to kind of keep the momentum going. But now that I've and just kind of buy some time to like write the album. But now we've kind of gotten to that spot um, where we're just kind of uh, trying to like track everything. And uh, but most of the songs are pretty much there. We're just trying to uh, tighten some loose screws. I'm trying to get on some good tours and just um, right now is like the make or break time, you know, so I'm trying to do as much as possible. Yeah, totally. So, so what is the writing process for you? Uh, you know, you had said that you saw it hooked you up with Greg, who is a pretty accomplished songwriter, especially in your guys' field. But, sure. you know, like being someone who is, of course, I have to keep going back to this because I've just never, we've never, we haven't spoken to anyone yet who is so new to it yet has gotten so far in such a short amount of time. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so like, what is your creative approach and, and, and how do you go about writing a song? Um, so my main thing, especially with the genre that we're in, is, um, you know, a great thing to write about is like positivity and things like that. So I always try because I, I, I've had moments where like I've been in dark spots and I've written songs about that. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to also like uplift people because I feel like I have a different perspective on life and I'm trying to share that. But and very common, I find it in the reggae scene that it's done in like a very like cheesy, corny way where it's like I feel like people are just saying what they want you to say and like, you know, like they just want to hear what, what they want to hear. And it, I don't think that the actual like message is coming through properly. So for me, I kind of just like start there of like what, what I guess I want people to hear, because when you have a microphone, like, you know, you're reaching so many more people than you think you are. So I think the first thing is to really be conscious of what you're speaking about. Um, so from there, I really just like whatever I'm feeling is what I write down. I think um, that's the best way to uh, relate to people as well as to um, write your feelings down because most likely somebody else out in the world feels the same way you do. So um, most of the time, though, I'll, I'll just kind of write a little chord structure, melody, you know, some lyrics out. Um, but I do prefer writing with somebody. Um, a, just because I feel like changing perspective is also very useful, you know, um, I, I don't know, sometimes somebody will hear something that you maybe didn't hear or they would have a really good idea and you guys can kind of feed off each other. I know a lot of people pride themselves on working solo, but I kind of like working with other people. And B, you know, I'm very new to the songwriting thing, so learning from everybody else has definitely strengthened me as an artist. All those years ago, before you started making music, it was a long time ago, what kind of music were you really into? Like, was it reggae and that's kind of why you started writing reggae? Was it not reggae and you just decided, you just figured out that you could write reggae? Like, what was going on in your world then? So, um, like I mentioned before, my parents are from the Caribbean, so like I grew up um, around a lot of reggae, a lot of dance hall, a lot of calypso. It was just like that's what we grew up with. That's what we heard at family parties type of thing. So I've always um, had a home base with reggae. 
And um, throughout school, though, you know, like I kind of had phases like when I was like in middle school to like early high school it was like very pop punk. I was like a Blink-182 kid, you know, like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, one day my brother was teaching me how to drive in the parking lot and we just like parked up to just like hang out for a second. And Sublime came on and I had only known like maybe two songs, like what I got in Santeria and then. I started to like listen. I think it was Roots of Creation he had put on, and I was like, "Oh, dude, I really like this. It's like pretty badass, you know." Like, who is it? And he, told, he started telling me about Sublime, and I really started to get into Sublime heavily because, um, like I said, I, I really had liked the pop, uh, like the pop punk thing, and then um, just the background of the reggae. Sublime kind of merged the two, and then that's what kind of introduced me to this SoCal reggae scene. And um, I was just like really heavily into this scene for a while before I even started like any of this stuff like I have pictures with like um people I've toured with like before I was like going on tour with them you know and I was just like hey like a fan like can I get a picture so it's definitely like just like crazy like how full circle everything has gone yeah that you know Sublime is one of the bands they're in my top 10 favorite bands of all time um they they rank fairly high I'd, I'd probably clock them in at six (laughs) <laughs> and and like you know i mean one of the biggest things with with their music is just like it's fun you know it yeah. it doesn't take itself too seriously but yet it resonates with millions of people and still 20 years after these songs have been released 25 years almost now they're mm-hmm. they're, they're just as popular as they were well i mean do you do you practice santeria <laughs> I, I do not but <laughs> well, neither do they that's why it's so relatable yeah yeah i guess so but you know i i wonder what it is like about that band that makes them because because you're not the first artist in your genre i mean we were talking with tunnel vision and and hayden said pretty much the same thing like dude that was it i heard sublime yeah like i I knew i wanted to make like ska reggae music a lot of people i feel like do say that and the reason being like at least my reason being is like nothing like that had been made before so i think it was like a very good like um I guess like foot in the door of what the reggae scene is right now. If Sublime hadn't existed, I don't think we would have half the bands we have right now. Like maybe we would have gotten it, but like much later. I think that they definitely started to blaze the trail for like what the reggae scene is right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, my curse is that my favorite music is ska (laughs) and reggae, but I just... I've tried writing it, and it's not it's not terrible. I just naturally gravitate more towards like the the, the poppy or or like more rock rock side of things, and and so for me, it's like so cool to just to like be able to talk sublime with anyone musically because I can't <laughs> so I can't really do that with my I, circle. Are you basically admitting that the actual reason you wanted to do this podcast was to talk to reggae artists about reggae music? <laughs> yes, I just wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like this is my way to like get, get a little chip of that you know just to get in there a little bit listen, listen dude if you want me to leave just tell me i'll leave <laughs> no you're, you're fine man i mean you're the main host we, we kind of need you but so yeah like where, where did you where did you grow up you know um like what, what area and what was like the, the music scene like in your area or did, did you even explore it were you just so focused on school and being like a valedictorian that like it was more so just like a, a hobbyist's um enjoyment rather than like a, a pursuit back then so I um, I grew up in Long Island. I still live in the same house um, since I was a kid. Uh, I kick it with my mom still. <laughs> nice. Um, Respect. Same here. Well, you know, it's just like I'm on the road all the time. I'm not making a ton of money. So it's like, why am I going to pay for an apartment I'm like never there for, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I care a lot about my mom. So it's like if I could just hang with her for like a little bit while I have the time to, why not? 
Um, so yeah, I grew up in Long Island. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Long Island scene, but it's very pop punk based. Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of a, like a lot of the shows I used to go to very, very pop punk. Uh, when I was in college, I had a boyfriend and he kind of got me into like the music scene. I didn't really start going to like open mics or anything like that until he came along. Cause he used to play them all the time and I was too scared to do it. So he kind of brought me into the scene and he would play them with me. And we were trying to actually start a band for a while and he just like didn't want to do it. And then we broke up and then I started doing <laughs> this stuff. But like the the scene is just like it's very, very pop punk based. Like there's not really like a big like reggae scene. Um, like yeah. playing shows out home, it's good. Like I get a decent amount of people out, but I could play the same show in San Diego and pull the same amount of people that are just strangers, you know, so it's, um, it's, I think like the only really reggae market you have is like in Brooklyn in the city. I think you have like a really good market for like the actual old school, like Rastafarian reggae. Like that is like a really good scene for over there. But out on Long Island, it's like, it's really kind of um, sparse. And I really wasn't into the scene at all because I was studying a lot. Like I really didn't do much until like I got to college. Everything was kind of very sheltered to, for me like up until then yeah no we're, we're super familiar with like uh, we play all the time in our band at like Amityville Musical oh cool yeah yeah and that's you, like 10 minutes from my house okay cool yeah I figured I figured that's what you were referencing um and you know we have some friends down there but like we're always like because we we make sort of like um I don't know we we, we hope to fit in one day with like uh, Coldplay Maroon 5-ish style bands we have our own different little spin on it but that that's sort of like what we're going for and every time we play without doubt we're with all pop punk bands which is yeah. well well <laughs> you know there was one time we played a metal showcase oh I'm talking about Long Island <laughs> specific but yeah it, it is it is a little harder to get shows for sort of the genres that aren't pop punk or hardcore in Long Island so I totally yeah true know what you mean by that yeah, it's just harder to get like the draw of people unless like mm -hmm. you're a really big band like Irasian or slightly stupid, your numbers are going to be like kind of small. Um, but it really depends on how often you come through there as well. Like, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Tropodelic, but you know, they kind of started off with like a small fan base. But now every time they come back, like it's just growing and growing and growing, you know, so it's just about making like those little steps. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of like, like little steps, you, you, you've taken quite, quite a few in, in such a short amount of time. Now, I have to think that you being a valedictorian and coming from a very academic past, right? Does that do you think that helps you as opposed to because a lot of people who we speak to on the show, you know, they're sort of like, nah, man, wasn't about school, did really hated learning. But I think that there is something to take out of being a good student and applying it to anything you're doing, you know? So I'd be curious to see how, how that part of your background ha has maybe helped and or hurt, you know, if you have anything to say about that. For sure. I actually was trying to mention that before, but I just blanked on it. Um, yeah, I definitely think that being a student and like just having really good work habits have helped me a lot because I'm one of those people that if I have a goal, like I work until I get that goal accomplished. I'm very um, goal oriented. And I'm very detail oriented. I like to make sure everything's in order. So I think it definitely helps because um, also like being someone who's been self-managed, that has really helped because I don't necessarily, I never felt like I needed somebody, like I needed some guidance, but in terms of like keeping everything together, everything's organized. Like I just have like, everything is like lists and color coded. Like I have schedules, like when we tour and stuff, like I have itineraries for everybody. Like I like to make sure everybody's like where they're at and like, 
it's a little easier for me to um, figure out the business ends of things, I think, like in terms of like marketing and social media, like what works, what doesn't work, like how to network. I think that um, that has played a part in it as well, where I feel like most people who just play music, they're just kind of like, well, I have the music part down. I don't know how to handle this business part. And then that's why the managers end up coming into it. And I definitely think like I need management, you know, eventually, but I think like for right now, it's, um, it's kind of self-sustaining. Okay. Well, congratulations on that. That is something that I think, uh, that's a goal. So it's, I'm glad to hear that. It's uh, (laughs) Yeah. And in a year and a half, that's it's really hard. Like there's like days where I'm just like, Oh my God, I do not know what I'm doing. (laughs) it's okay to have days like that you know like if you psych yourself out too much then you like you lose it you know yeah that you know I've come I'm coming out of um we we had a member leave the band and it really rattled me and it's just upsetting when you lose like a a really good friend and it's it's fine we all split amicably and whatnot but it still sucks like you don't really speak to that person as much anymore so I'm sort of coming out of like um plus you got to restructure and you're trying to you know Fix mm-hmm. what oh, plan you had before. Because <laughs> we we have like we have a sm- we have like a record contract right now, and you know the, our label's great. They're they're not the biggest label, but like everyone on our team, I feel really really confident with you know. But so I, I'm I'm just starting to like get back to like the super positive place. So it's it's great to like speak to you. I mean, you just seem to be like so fired up about what you're doing and it's good you're like yeah. you're like helping to keep it's, my fire going it's so. fitting yeah. that it's fitting that gaba was the one who recommended you oh for <laughs> sure i can i can totally see that now now one thing i, I wanted to uh, ask you about is because your recordings right they're they're full band for the most part very big Correct. arrangements but i've only ever really seen you um just through instagram like pictures and stuff like you, you hopped in the van with audic empire and it was just by yourself D- do you play with the live band is this just for now until you can hopefully like you know hire live members that fit your vibe like, like what's going on with that what's your plan with the live show so um when i first started touring it was just like hopping in the van me solo it's very um i'm sure you guys know it's like a very easy thing to sell especially like you know, the, the setup's super easy. I really just need a DI and a mic type of thing. So mm-hmm. it was really easy for me to get tours like that. So I was doing that for a while, but you can only really go so far with that. Um, so I've had a home band for a while. They play a lot of, like, the home shows with me. Um, we recently did, like, our first couple, like, out-of-state shows together. We um, went down <sighs> to Wilmington, and we played so- a show at Soja. I don't know if you're familiar with them. But, yeah, I um, saw that. that. Congrats on that one. That must yeah, have been that great. was that was pretty cool. So that was like our first run together, and that was kind of like our trial run because I'm still kind of going in between members and such. Because I've had I've had so many people switch out just because they can't really make the dedication and like the commitment to the project, which is completely understandable. Um, but it's just it's really hard um, having really good opportunities and not having the caliber like the caliber band that you need to step in and um, play those shows. So that's been like the hard part is um, finding people who play well, but play well for peanuts, you know, and see the investment because mm-hmm. um, I get how it's a little easier for me because it's like my project, my name type of thing. But, you know, I'm not like opposed to like, you know, write like giving people percentages if they want to write and stuff like that or like I I just need to like figure out like who wants this project as bad as I do because I feel like that is like the main driving force because I've had a lot of people who are just kind of like "Eh," about it and they don't really like see the opportunity that we have and I feel like I'm slowly finding like the right people who are you know in the project for the long haul and they see like where it could go because, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you guys know, obviously, it's like, you know, there's like a little bit of like 
um, building yourself up in between like, you know, being little and being big and, you know, being able to pay yourselves and stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't been able to do that yet, but we're definitely working towards it. <laughs> and and I, I totally understand what you're saying there. You know, I, I was doing the solo thing for a minute, but then it sort of became a little bit bigger than that. And the people who I was with, we, we, we were, it was more than just like me, like giving them songs and them just playing it like verbatim, you know? So it slowly evolved into like being a band, but for a long time, the struggle was, well, who who cares about this as much as I do? Because people think, oh, you're signed now, uh, you know, great, you're, you're going to be a super famous rock star and everything's perfect for you. And yeah. you're just like, uh, yeah, not not really. I mean, you know, money doesn't grow yeah, on not, trees. Not for 95% of the time. So Yeah, it's like it looks cool on Instagram, you know? But like, yeah, 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 for sure. Did you know about what being a signed artist was like before you signed? Like, like what? What? I'm curious to know, like, what you thought was going to happen, and then trickle over to what what is happening. Um. So I had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know what like a contract entails. Like, I didn't know like about all the splits. So, like, trying to come up to par with that and like get my knowledge in on that has been definitely a struggle for me. And that's where like. I've kind of used my resources to help because um, to be honest with you, I really didn't know what I was getting into. And even when it comes to like, just like, I don't know, like adjustments to the contract and stuff like that, you know, it's like, I really wasn't sure what was fair and what wasn't fair. But when I first signed, I was just so excited that I was just like, Ooh, let's go. And like, I signed it, but like, it's not, it's like, it's not, it's, it's just like, I didn't, I didn't know what you were supposed to like I didn't know that they give you like a budget for music videos and stuff like that so that was like really cool for me you know I it was cool just to go through the contract and see like what you get and like um I don't know I just never thought I would be getting that paperwork yeah yeah that makes sense I feel like a lot of people like and my friends they're like all right so uh when's the big tour and I'm just like you tell me yeah, <laughs> we're working exactly. hard we're we're promoting music online we're, we're consistent yeah, but you just have to not. Or let everyone's up. like, "Oh, you guys got signed, so then now you guys can like get the big music videos and like get a tour bus and like get this and buy that." I'm like, "Well, I mean, yeah, it's hopefully. also not the '80s anymore, yeah. and uh, streaming does not make you nearly as much as the uh, you know the CD sale." Yeah, when you're out of the top 500 streams. Yeah, true. And even being in that, I mean, it's like if there's like 90 writers on all those songs. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's valid. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is, like, a lot of people, especially, like, um, a lot of my school friends, they, like, are not musicians at all. So, like, uh, things like record deals are, like, foreign language to them, like, as it was to me. So, you know, when that happened, everybody's kind of, like, like, oh, well, you're set. And people don't realize that, like, the label is awesome and the label does do a lot of work. But, like, it's not, like, you're only going to be as big as you want to be and how big you push yourself out there to be. Like, the label will do its part, but, like, a lot of people think like, oh, I can just chill out now because like I have a label and it just like I I see it as like the label gave you a deal because they see you as an investment, you know, so, and you've shown that like you're hardworking and you put out great content and that's why they have a deal with you because you are who you are. Right. So it just makes no sense to me when people just like stop working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they throw more wood on the fire, but you got to keep it burning. Yeah, exactly. Like that's basically what they're they're doing. They're just trying to push you further. It's not like, oh, hey, here we are. We're gonna fix everything for you. Right. Yeah. No. That 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 is true. Um, and it's it's tough because you you think 
Well, you don't hear about the failures, you know, you hear about all the successes. So to like the untrained eye, right, someone who doesn't study the industry and someone who isn't up on all of like the independent labels, like we're both on independent record labels, who I think are, are thriving quite, quite frankly, because of like the internet and just the allowance for more to enter the creative space. But so everyone just thinks like, oh, cool, like Chris is signed now. So it's just gonna like, great, good for him. Like, I don't need to, like, share his music uh, anymore because, right. you know, yeah. I don't need to, like, come out to his, like, local shows anymore. And it's like, no, now's the time. But you, yeah. but that that's discouraging, you know, like, when, when people assume something that isn't. And, and we're, hopefully, we're not coming off as, like, not positive. Like, Andrew and I are, I think we're super excited. Like, we, we oh, yeah. pretty much started our band, like, super, a year and a half ago. and Super so. grateful and everything for everything Acre 84 and everyone's done. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, there are tough times. So for you, being mm-hmm. someone who is, you know, so new to this and also seems to be like a super positive person, like, h- how do you deal with the bad days? Because I have to assume there are some. Um. Yeah, actually, like, right now is like the really stressful time for me. <laughs> like, um, I just like the first time, like, I haven't, I, like, I've, so I've always like kind of had a job and like, I've always kind of just been back to back touring. But this is like the first time where like, I've literally had like nothing to do. And like these, it's kind of like honing down on me because like, I know that I need to get my band in order. But like, sometimes I don't know what the band needs. Like, I'm not like the best musical director. So that's been kind of like pulling me back. But um, honestly, like, I've just been a person like I've had a lot of like really bad days consecutively in a row type of thing and I just really learned from it like it was like maybe like a two to three year period where I just like I wasn't like having a good time I wasn't being me and I really try to stray away from that so um although things like go wrong my the thing that like helps me the most is finding solutions like if someone's like late or they forgot this or that I don't want to get upset about and dwell on it. I want to figure out, okay, how can we get you what you need, what you need, so everything can go smoothly. That's like another big thing for me is like a lot of things that stress me out are out of my control because you know when you work with other people, you can't control everything. You can try, but you know I try not to be like mommy about the guys, you know, because like you know they're they're grown, they can do their own thing. But I do have a certain way I like everything run because this is also my business. So like I've worked fairly hard for so I want to kind of make sure everybody's like doing their thing in the right way but it can be very stressful when you have to watch for other people and you know it's their first time touring so they're not really familiar with like tour etiquette and like that type of thing so it's um that type of stuff like stresses me out but like I'm trying my hardest to just kind of put on like a good face like I've gotten this far already if a few bad things happen it's like all right, I'm going to do one more really big thing that's good that's going to knock out those three bad things that are freaking me out. Right, that's the thing, you know, everything, every action you do, whether you're just a live member, whether you're the merchandise guy, it all reflects back on the artist. So especially you being a solo artist, there is a huge risk factor in there, you know? Someone who's a fairly new artist who's been getting some great opportunities, well, those could easily go away with one false move. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I, I totally understand that as the the band leader, as the the sole business mind of of the project. Now, I do want to switch gears just a little bit, you know, um, like taking a look at the songs you've put out right now. um, I I think that what what comes across in all of the tracks is this message of positivity. And so one thing that I've learned interviewing all these reggae bands and, and going to the shows 
it, it seems to be that there is never anything short of a warm welcome. So how has your reception been to the reggae community and, and also among the artists, if you don't mind me asking, because being such a fairly newer artist, you know, um, you, you haven't had the same trajectory or path that most of your tour mates have. So, so what has that been like, that reception, that welcome from within the, the reggae community from both fan and uh, musician? Uh, so the first thing I want to say is I got so lucky that I got into the reggae crowd for real because everybody just has so much love. And like when I was in high school and stuff, I used to kind of just be like that like hippie kid that just like wanted to love everybody. And then I got bullied and like, you know, it just like wasn't a good time. So like being introduced to this crowd and like, I don't know, there's like a point in my life where I thought that nobody loved me. And like when you go into the reggae crowd, you realize everybody loves you. And it's just such a, a different feeling, like how receptive they are to like what you have to say. And I think um, a thing that sets me apart from most people is that like I did start off from a fan perspective so that when people come to the merch booths and stuff like that like I'm there like from doors till the last band is done playing regardless if I'm opening in the middle or what I'm like always there because you never know who's going to come up to you at the merch table and say hey I like this song and for me if you're going to take three minutes out of your day to listen to one of my songs like I want to get to know you like I think that's really dope that like you like something that I genuinely just like made because I had fun doing it so I think when you show that type of appreciation for them as well, the love just grows even more. And I guess like in terms of the artists, it's been really cool because I've been doing the covers for so long and I've covered a lot of the bands that are in the scene and a lot of the bands have been kind enough to repost and share the love. And that's kind of where I got to where I am. So it's kind of cool, like going to shows and then like I go backstage and like I know most of the people who are there and they're all very like, welcoming a lot of people have like offered themselves as resources to me and like they've linked me up with different people and I've definitely gotten a lot of great opportunities um just from kind of hanging out yeah yeah that, that seems to be uh how it tends to go and I think a big thing is you know being at that merchandise table right like that that's one thing when I, when uh, we speak to anyone within your genre especially you know the service to the fans the appreciation mm -hmm. it, it, it just seems to permeate through but as a singer it makes me wonder how does your voice hold up being someone who's so new to performing and, and doing all of this and then going out there and speaking and if a band's playing you know you're shouting I mean it's never you have to to hear the person you're talking to but you want to make that connection so so how have you been doing on tour with like your voice and, and all that oh my god um <laughs> I hate this question because it's like it's so like just relevant to me I've um the first thing actually was like when I first started touring, just going from East Coast to West Coast was I was getting a lot of allergies and like I had a really bad post nasal drip that like um, actually created a polyp through my vocal cords. So like that was like a really rough time. So it's like on top of that, you have to deal with, you know, talking to people. But um, I've learned my lesson to kind of keep it cool, you know, like. Um, I've done the thing where like I'm just really excited to talk to everybody and I lose my voice at the show and then I have a show the next day and I'm like scrambling to get like tea ready and you know that type of thing um, but for the most part I just kind of tell people like you like because they're already bending down most of the time to listen to me so I just kind of go up in their ear without them saying anything I'm yeah like, i do that too i do that too to you without you caring <laughs> I, I i used to think it might be weird at all because like no no one's doing it but the singer in the room but you just have to be like yeah you know this is just what i do yeah and like most of the time too like if they really can't hear me like i'll just kind of text something out 
Like, I'll just kind of be like, hey, like, I'm here to hang out and talk, but, like, I can't talk that much. And most of the time, people are, like, pretty receptive over it. They're not, like, I thought people were going to be upset, like, oh, why you're at the merch table if, like, you can't talk. But they're actually pretty cool about it. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds about right. Yeah, well, I mean, the reggae scene is, like, no other scene, genre, like, anything, like, just overwhelmingly positive. Like, I mean, there's a, you know, I wouldn't say that there's any genre that's really, you know, overwhelmingly negative, but... I just feel like fans and also just other artists in the genre are just always so welcoming and uplifting and nice and positive and are always just like, hell yeah, let's have more reggae artists instead of just like, well, no, we're all trying to be the best. It's like, no, we're all the best. Yeah, that's that's the one cool thing. It, it doesn't seem like like there's like a barrier to entry as much as mm-hmm. long as you you have the right personality and, and the right sound. like that. Yeah, as long as you're genuine, like you're in. Exactly. And that's what like I try to tell people too is that like it's a lot of your music obviously, but it's like your personality as well. If you're a good person, people are like more willing to like support you and like people want to get to know you like if they're listening to your music, you know? So I think it's like very important to keep that fan to artist communication like open. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. And I think that's something that you do a great job of with your uh, social media too. Yeah, no problem. So we got to start wrapping this thing up. It's been absolutely great chatting with you. Um, so we, we have a new segment on the show. Basically, what we like to do is sort of ask you with one word, whatever the first word that comes to your mind is, to describe yourself as an artist or creative, and then you get to elaborate on it afterwards. But we just find it so interesting. Like We've had some pretty crazy answers already in the short time doing this. So what would the one word be that you would, if you had to put one word to it, what would the word be that you would use to describe yourself as an artist? Um, like on the music end or like just me as a person? Just like just your day-to-day life as a creative, like just, you know, making music, all that stuff, like everything that you're doing that you do that you like to do. One word. I would go with the word unique because I feel like with everything that I've done, I've been trying to do things that are different from what's already out there. A lot of people are kind of replicating what's already out there because it's successful. But I think the most important thing is to set yourself apart. So I think, um, I think I've, I, I, the way I like to see my music is this kind of like indie meets reggae meets pop kind of thing. And I think I bring the softness to the reggae and I just feel like, even with my worth ethic and stuff, I think it's like pretty different from like most musicians. So, um, yeah, I would just go with unique, I guess. Very cool. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's a good answer. That was a unique answer. That that <laughs> was a unique answer. Now, where can the people find you? What can they expect from all things Vanalia going forward? And and you know, what would you like to what would you like to leave them with? Is there like a final message, a final uh, announcement, or something you'd like to just throw out there? I guess since we have the platform, I guess I, I just always like to leave something impactful. So um, one of the things I say to myself every morning is that you could always be a better person. And I think that's just maybe something that you should think about when you wake up. Um, you know, don't ask yourself, why am I doing this? Say, why not do this for somebody else? You know, why not? There's always a little improvement you can make in yourself throughout the day. It doesn't have to be something super huge if it means just drinking water for the day versus you know drinking soda you're becoming a better person in that that instant so that's just kind of what i like to encourage people to say uh you know just you can always be a better person and um you could find me at at vanalia music on facebook instagram twitter 
And then uh, my website is www.vonaliamusic.com. I feel like you were speaking to me directly with that whole soda soda water thing. <laughs> oh, I'm really sorry. Chris, yeah, no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's, Chris, I've been making the change lately. Chris so. loves diet soda. Well, diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi specifically. It tastes like no other. But it's not yeah, good I'm for not you. It's lie. terrible. I agree for you. with you there. It tastes pretty good, but like. <laughs> yeah, it's so I bad for like, you. It honestly, it was like when I started singing that I was like, I really need to take care of my throat and my body mm-hmm. and what I'm putting into it. And, um, yeah, I was just like, I got to start drinking water. So now I walk around with like a two liter jug and I just drink that every day. There you go. Seems like you're doing it right. That's among... the wave. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> among, among many things that we've, we've learned from you in this conversation, we hope that you join us maybe like a year or two from now when you're a little further down the line. Uh, and we'd love to just keep, keep up to date with your journey. This has been a very interesting, also, unique perspective. And also, I'm so glad we got to chat with you about it. Also, if there's some lit show going on at AMH, we should just all meet up at AMH. Oh, I yeah, think, yeah. yeah. Let I'm, us know. I'm actually we'll headlining AMH in like uh, two months in November. I have a headlining show there. Dude, there it is. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come out. That that sounds fun. Yeah, we'll keep it. Thank touch. you guys so, so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking to both of you and sharing perspectives. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, same, yeah. Same a- here. As did we. Now, the last question we have for you. Hopefully, it's an easy one. Yeah. What song would you like to leave the people with? Ooh. I feel like since we're on this whole, like positivity note there's a song called go for it that um was produced written with and also features johnny cosmic from a band called stick figure and um that song is just about going for your dreams and doing what makes you feel happy and it's just kind of like there is no reward without the risk so just put yourself out there do what you love and the most important thing is to enjoy that journey because you know life goes so fast so just like really really hold on to it perfect and without further ado here is Go For It by Vanalia on Talkin' Podcast. Mm-hmm.